Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Last year, in a surprising development, more than 300 members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints marched in the Utah Pride Parade. The group Mormons Building Bridges predicts that with Mormons for Equality also involved this year, Utah church members will turn out in record numbers to march in this year's parade. That's happening on Sunday. We're going to be talking on Access Utah today with Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center, Dory Burt and Corey Howard from Mormons Building Bridges, and Curtis Penfold from Mormons for Equality. We're going to ask you, are you planning to march in the parade this year? Perhaps you're on the other side. Perhaps you disapprove of those who are going to march. We'd love to have your opinion. What does it mean that some Mormons are marching again? And what do you make of official LDS church outreach and unofficial outreach by some church members to the gay community? Access Utah follows the news. Support for Access Utah comes from Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Open Monday through Saturday until 2 with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Before we get into the subjects of the program today, uh, here is a follow-up from yesterday's program. Uh, we recall we talked about bikes and cars. We asked a few questions, including do you uh, view cars as a legitimate form of transportation? Uh, and do you believe more uh, people should get uh, out of their cars and into their bikes? We had good response to that program. Uh, a lot of you are avid bikers. And here is what uh, Zeke uh, responds by email. Uh, he is giving us uh, costs uh, between driving a car and uh, annual cost uh, driving a bike. Uh, he points out, it's a fairly long email, I'll summarize this uh, first part of it. He says, uh, average cost of driving a car around $8,000. And then he says, uh, so figuring in the cost of the bike, average maintenance and equipment, I've had to spend about $1,000, a little over to get through the year. If I'd gone cheap on the bike, figure would be cut almost in half. Going to AAA, national average cost per mile is $0.58. Cents. So putting a little fourth-grade math to work, I figure my driving cost of the year would have been about $2,000. This means I saved roughly uh, around $1,000, even with such high starting costs. Next year, my savings should be a little more than 2000 Not bad. And, of course, if I really want to make myself salivate, I could always uh, estimate how much next year's average would do for me if I invested in an index fund for 20 years. Uh, so thanks for that, uh, Zeke. And the... Conversation on biking and cars continues at upraxis at gmail.com and on our website, upr.org. In the meantime, last year, in a surprising development around this time of year, more than 300 members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints marched in the Utah Pride Parade. And uh, the group Mormons Building Bridges predicts that with Mormons for Equality also involved, church members will turn out in record numbers to march in this year's parade. That happens on Sunday. And our guests today include uh, Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, joining us. Dory Bird is with us in studio. She's with uh, Mormons Building Bridges. Thank you. Thanks for having me. On the phone, Corey Howard, also from Mormons Building Bridges. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Curtis Penfold from the group Mormons for Equality is with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, we'd love to have your response by telephone. It's 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com, as we have a discussion with uh, our uh, in-studio and on-the-phone guests. Uh, we're asking you if you're planning to march in the parade this year, 
And uh, perhaps you're not. Perhaps you disapprove of those who are. We'd love to get your opinion. Uh, what does it mean that some Mormons are marching again at the parade? And what do you make of official church outreach? You can find that at mormonsandgays.org and outreach by some church members, mormonsbuildingbridges.org and mormonsforequality.org. And the number again is 1-800-826-1495. Let me start with Valerie Larrabee. Uh, I believe, at least this was reported as such, it was kind of a surprising development last year. What was the reaction? Um, I think we had a tremendous reaction uh, from the broader community uh, to have the uh, Mormons Building Bridges um, organization involved with our uh, Pride Parade. Uh, I can tell you personally that as soon as I saw them come around the corner, uh, I had tears in my eyes. And I know that as the contingent went down the parade route, um, that was the case for many, many families. And so from that standpoint, I think it was extremely significant. Um, and it wasn't without some controversy from uh, people who still harbor um, a lot of hurt feelings um, from their relationship with the Church. Uh, and so uh, I guess while they might have been encouraged by this, they, they still dredged up some feelings they had. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, those feelings have been built over years and years of familial relationships, and I, you don't just get rid of those in a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this year, I, I guess, you know, the, the words going out from Mormons Building Bridges, Mormons for Equality, um, that's probably going to be, probably going to exceed the some 350 or so members of the LDS Church going to be marching. What What do you envision is going to be happening? Um, I think that um, the contingent uh, is going to be a group of very um, uh, incredible people who believe strongly in helping to bridge the gap between uh, LGBT um, Utahns and uh, members of the Church, and I think that's a very important thing to do. Mm. And I I believe Dory Burt and Corey Howard, you were there last year. Curtis Penfold, were you there last year? I was actually on my mission in Chile. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you're a, you're a, yeah. a, a young man. Um, let me start with uh, Dory Burt. What was what was your experience? Um, it was just unbelievable to me. I went uh, with a friend, and we were both a little bit nervous. We had never gone to to the Pride Parade before, but we were both compelled by the language in the invitation. Very simple. Come march march with fellow Mormons to show love to the LGBT community. And we had kind of prepared ourselves for maybe a little bit of jeering, rightly deserved, we knew that. And just kind of like Valerie said, the reaction was just blew my mind. We turned the corner and people were standing and cheering. And the thing that the thing that was so telling to me was, well, there were tons of people crying along the sidelines and not just crying, but full on sobbing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is this is no ordinary parade right here. And so it 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 moved me greatly. But people shouting, thank you. And people just don't do that at parades. You know, the Logan High float doesn't go, uh, go by and people don't yell thank you to, to the participants. So it was especially motivating to me and moving to me because the reaction was in such disproportion to what we were doing. We were just marching in a parade. And so while that was very moving and really quite spiritual for me, it was also very telling that 
this was just the tip of the iceberg of work that needed to be done and outreach that needed to be happen happening to the LGBT community, like to bridge between between um, them and Mormons. And we'll follow up on that. What, what outreach do you feel needs to be done? Uh, Corey Howard, your experience from last year. Well, actually, I didn't make it last year. Oh, okay. This will be my first year marching, so All right. I'm looking forward to it this year. What What are you expecting? Oh, well, I mean, I had the benefit of hearing everyone else's <laughs> wonderful experience. So um, I'm excited to uh, be visibly participating in a festival that um, is kind of a happy occasion for a lot of people that I've met in the past year with these uh with all the other LGBT activities uh, that I've been uh, been blessed to be part of. So you, it just sounds like uh, it's going to be a good time to me. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Valerie Larrabee, uh, you talked about uh, some members of the LGBT community uh, with, with some conflicted feelings. Uh, you know, some, yeah. some are not religious, some are... I guess left their religion, whether it be the LDS Church or or another religion, and and have not looked back. But some, I expect, would you know still would 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 like to be a member of those communities and perhaps feel that they they can't. Um, well, I think that um, we don't have to look far to understand uh, how deep some of the wounds are. Um, with LGBT folks that uh, grew up in the church. Um, and, um, you know, we're going back years, you know, decades, um, stories that we've heard here at the center, and, you know, new stories are being created every day um, because of the lack of understanding about who our community is. Mm. And I think that uh, some have reconciled those differences. They've been able to reconnect with friends and family uh, because we have come so far in this conversation, but others um, don't have the um, don't have the benefit of reconnecting with family because the divide is so strong and the missing stereotypes are still so ingrained and actually supported by uh, current language used to describe our community. Do you think what do you think the trend is? Do you think the trend is getting better, staying the same, getting worse? My hope is that um, we are seeing change. Uh, We are seeing more um, interest in trying to uh, educate the broader community about um, the impact of rejecting loved ones uh, for their sexual orientation. Uh, That impact is incredible, um, and sometimes it results in loss of life, and I think that no one here in this state wants to see that or be responsible for it. Dory Burt, this, I think, is a goal of Mormons Building Bridges. It's mainly outreach. Is that the goal? It is. Yes, that's it. And, And so bridging that divide, what are some of the things that you're trying to do in the group? We have um, one of my favorite things that we're doing is we're doing uh, community conversations. That's some, that's what it's called. And we meet in four different places, four different locations, uh, Salt Lake, Logan, Park City, and Provo, once a month. And we have a different topic of conversation, and we just invite anybody and everybody, and we just have a very civilized, moderated discussion with some some rules to make sure it stays that way about different issues. The first one was about Boy Scouts. The second one was about um, staying 
connected to your faith and supporting your LGBT loved one, whichever way that went. And the next one is how can the LDS church be more inclusive of its LGBT members? Mm-hmm. And that has been a great thing, of uh, a, a great program, I guess. Uh, another thing we've done is we've had Sit With Me Sunday. We've done that on Christmas and Easter. It's very simple. All of our things are very, very low-key and simple. We're active Latter-day Saints just simply say, if you have left the church for one reason or another and you'd like to return, maybe not even as a full attending member, maybe just one Sunday, but you're nervous and you want a buddy to sit by, come sit by me. And we've had people who have, have done that, and it's been really wonderful. So those are, those are two of my very favorites that I can think of right mm-hmm. now. Of course, Mormons building bridges, you get this vision of a bridge, and if you're on the bridge, right. you've you've got people on either side. And I wonder about reaction from your ward, uh, maybe people who disapprove of what you're doing. Have you gotten any such reaction? Um, I've gotten some puzzled looks and some very strong silences sometimes, but mostly I've gotten uh, quiet support or flat out, like, that's really great. It has been surprising to me that in the course of this year, I've received probably between five and seven that I can think of just private emails from people I've known over the course of time who have said, um, thank you for whatever more these groups are doing, for what, what you're doing, um, but not me personally. My... I've never told anybody this, but my son is gay. My daughter is gay. My husband is gay. I, you know, a friend who, uh, um, or other people who just felt like they had to keep this secret in order to stay active in their LDS community. So I think that has been very telling to me and much stronger than any negativity, negativity that I may have um, received. We're talking about uh, the gay uh, pride, the Pride Parade, I guess what it's called, Utah Pride Parade, and uh, the group Mormons Building Bridges will be there, Mormons for Equality also, and uh, the prediction is that uh, LDS church members will be turning out in record numbers to march in this year's parade, some 350 last year's parade. Talking with Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center, Dory Burt and Corey Howard from Mormons Building Bridges, and Curtis Penfold from Mormons for Equality. I'm curious to, to get Curtis's experiences. We'll do that after the break. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. You're invited to participate in this conversation. Uh, perhaps you are uh, gay and uh, would like to uh, give your reaction uh, to uh, outreach from the LDS Church, whether you think it's enough or there should be more, or what your experience has been uh, last year's parade, what you're expecting uh, in this year's parade. Uh, perhaps you're on the other side. Uh, disapprove of fellow Mormons uh, marching in the parade. Whatever your viewpoint, we'd love to have it at 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495. Did you march last year? What was your experience? Are you planning to march this year? What do you think of those who are? What does it mean that some Mormons are marching uh, in the parade? What do you make of official ch- LDS Church outreach? Mormonsandgays.org. We'll be talking about that as we go along and out reached by some church members, Mormons Building Bridges and Mormons for Equality. More following the break. The beginning of the summer season is just around the corner. You've got places to go, people to see, fun things to do. Utah Public Radio's 60th anniversary auction can help you plan your recreation and entertainment. The auction is now open with more than 400 items worth $50,000. And you'll probably find something that you'd like to bid on at upr.org, upr.org. Most auction items are donated and support Utah Public Radio. 
It's the Utah Public Radio 60th Anniversary Auction, now open at upr.org, upr.org. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Utah Shakespeare Festival, presenting Shakespeare's Love's Labor Lost, Labor's Lost, with seven other productions June through October 2013 in Cedar City, www.bard.org. Thank you for listening to Access Utah. We're talking about uh, Mormons and gays. In fact, that's the uh, title of a website, a new website, uh, just about six months old, four months old or so, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, we're talking with uh, some LDS Church members who are doing outreach to the gay community. Mormons Building Bridges and Mormons for Equality are the two groups. Dory Bird and Corey Howard from Mormons Building Bridges are with us. Curtis Penfold for Mormons for Equality. We're talking with Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center. The uh, Utah Pride Parade uh, for this year is coming up on Sunday. And uh, the expectation is record numbers of members of the LDS Church will be uh, marching. And uh, we're getting your opinion on this. Um, are you going to be marching in the parade this year? What do you expect? Uh, perhaps you disapprove of those who are planning on marching Love to have your opinion. What does it mean that some Mar- Mormons are marching again, and uh, what do you make of outreach and uh, where that's going? Uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Perhaps you have had an experience in the LDS Church. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we left it and, uh, and have some fond feelings like to return, uh, or some, uh, some bitter feelings, uh, and perhaps you're part of this outreach. Love to hear your opinion. 1 800 826 1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. I want to turn uh, the beginning of this segment to Curtis Penfold. Uh, you said you're recently off your LDS mission. Where'd you say, Chile? Yeah, Chile, Rancagua. Uh, and so you, you serve your mission, you come home, and, um, and what was the impetus to get involved in Mormons for Equality? Um, well, before my mission, I already was aware. Mormons for Equality used to be called Mormons for Marriage during the Prop 8 debate. Uh, it was a group that tried to show, like, hey, um, we actually are against Prop 8. And so that group formed, and I was aware of it. And, it, and uh, when I got back from my mission, I, I was aware of a lot of intolerance uh, towards the homosexual community, and I decided I wanted to um, I felt guilty if I didn't get involved. I felt like I was silently supporting homophobia if I didn't um, stand up and, and do anything. And so that was my uh, initial reason why, why I joined. Um, now as a BYU student, I have been able to do a, a Provo um, event. Hmm. So, and, for uh, equality. For equality, okay. Now, now this puts you, uh, before your mission, now after your mission, doesn't this put you in a somewhat potentially uncomfortable position? Because, for example, the Prop 8 debate, official church position, was on the other side. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I get a lot of criticism from different people, from, from family members as well. Um, I'm a strong believer in Doctrine and Covenants. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm a strong believer in Doctrine and Covenants 134, which says that uh, people should, we should separate religion and state. Um, and I'm also a believer that the LGBT community is a community that uh, deserves our attention and deserves our respect and deserves equality and deserves to be um, respected. Hmm. And so Mormons for Equality, uh, and the, the goal is um, marriage equality for gays, gay marriage? 
Yes. It used to be only for gay marriage. Now we also fight for the Non-Discrimination Act uh, nationwide. For example, in many counties here in Utah, it is legal to fire somebody for being lesbian, gay, or transsexual, um, or even to a victim from their home. So, like, we've been, we've been struggling with that. We've been fighting for that in different states. Um, we've, we've also, we're a nationwide effort, so we helped out in Washington, Minnesota, and Maryland in many protests. And our um, executive director, uh, Spencer Clark, he actually spoke at the Interfaith Conference in D.C. Uh, during the Supreme Court debates on gay marriage. Hmm. Well, Larry Larrabee, what do, you, what do you make of, of Mormons for Equality? I guess you need to welcome their, their participation. Uh, do, you, do you think this shows movement among members of the LDS Church on this issue? I yeah, well, I think um, I think it's always important to have a visible um, uh, presence by people who feel uh, that the conversation about religion has gone too far. And I think that uh, what Curtis and his uh, colleagues across the country are doing uh, is a pivotal part of um, our movement. Um, and I think that those um, allied voices are what uh, will eventually carry the day when uh, our community has full equality. Do you, uh, uh, I wonder how far away do you see that day as being? You know, it's, uh, I have to say this year is one of the most impactful years in our movement in terms of um, victories, um, in terms of government and rights. I think that June, uh, uh, May and June have been fairly significant with the Boy Scouts decision, and we have two pending Supreme Court decisions on gay marriage with uh, DOMA and Prop 8. I think at the end of June, um, we may see a paradigm shift in uh, how we're going to deal with things on a state-by-state basis. Um, my hope is that we deal with this now and we don't drag it out for 20 more years, because I think with every day that we drag these issues out, uh, it's costing lives. And I don't think that that's what our country was built on. Mm. Of course, uh, uh, these victories as you see them are uh, among uh, you know conservative groups and conservative churches are seen as uh, defeats, and there, there's, there's always going to be some pushback. Yes. Yes, um, uh, you know, it's been, it's common in movements to have one step forward and two steps back. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I understand that we always have people that have different points of view. I think it's interesting that we've seen more and more Republican, conservative Republicans stepping to the right side of history. Um, and I don't think that that, I think that that's by uh, plan and design and not by uh, coincidence. Hmm. I want to ask you just briefly uh, about the uh, Joe Jervis incident. I want to—I don't want to go into that in depth, but uh, you have yep. an interesting quote here. Uh, Joe Jervis um, writes a blog, and on that blog he has said some things which uh, members of the LDS Church could could take as offensive. And a Utah Pride Center board member objected to Jervis uh, participating in in the events uh, today. And then here's your quote, um, Valerie Larby: "The nonprofits here have such a balancing act to do." navigating the political fabric of this community. Um, and that was interesting to me. You you do have a balancing act in this state. 
Yes, it's uh, and I would say um, it's uh, for me. Um, you know, we when this movement uh, was initiated, the circle was rather small. It started in Stonewall with you know um, some incredibly courageous transgender community members who came out and you know uh, addressed the police force in New York City. Uh, and you know, fast forward to 2013, and the circle is much larger. Not only does it include our community uh, in its diversity, but it also includes uh, tremendous allies. And so the language that we use now to take the movement forward has to be very different than it was uh, back in the days of Stonewall. The base uh, includes not only LGBT community members, but members of different faiths and um, you know, different other minority communities. Um, I do think that it's so very important to always remember what our true roots are, and I think that's where my struggle was. Um, I welcome Joe Jervis and his talents and his diversity, um, and he's a member of our community that has worked for years and years and years uh, trying to help people navigate these conversations. Naturally, um, you know, there are bloggers get into lots of conversations. And um, uh, so, again, the, the, the focus, my focus on this is how do we um, speak in a way that we don't disenfranchise uh, members of, uh, of our broader community now? By the way, um, the, the, has there been from last year or leading up to this year, any pushback in your community to uh, active LDS members marching in the parade, participating? Yeah, I, uh, that has not gone away. Um, and again, as I said earlier, I think that um, I attribute that to the deep, deep wounds uh, that have been um, imparted uh, on members of our community uh, from you know their very young days. Uh, and from the wounds that were inflicted on, you know, their family members and their communities. And I think that, um, that some of those wounds will never be healed. And, um, yes, there has been dialogue about that. And we, uh, as a community center, certainly understand uh, why those wounds exist. And we want to support uh, those members of our community who feel in, feel that way. I'm wondering, of course, in Utah, it's going to be... The LDS Church, of course, you know, some 70% of uh, Utahns are members of the, the church. I wonder, are there members in the, in the community and the Utah Pride Center that you come in contact with who are having similar experiences in other conservative faiths, you know, Baptist or, or others? Is that question for me? Yes. Yeah, um, of course. Um, I think that, uh, as uh, Curtis said, um, there is a very big difference between uh, religion and faith, and I think that, that those two things are, have been collapsed for many, many years for many, many people. And um, it, they're in the Catholic religion and the Baptist religion uh, and some of the other more conservative the evangelicals, for example. I think that, um, you know, what's coming from the pulpits in some of those uh, communities is very, very harmful. And so it's not germane to the Mormon Church. Hmm. Of course, some would say, I, I could see some, you know, of these members of the conservative congregations uh, saying, well, if you, you know, where's the harm if you, if you uh, 
can't find a home in this religion, you can you can find a home somewhere else. You you don't have to be a member of the, that religion. Yeah, I think that's uh, certainly that's a conversation. I think, but when you bring it down to the family level, where um, you know people actually will voice that they were born into a religion, I think that it's a different story. Uh, because not only are you then separating from your religion, you're separating from your community and the people who love you. Corey Howard, I wonder if you could uh, talk, maybe t- picking up that thread, I understand that Mormons Building Bridges uh, has a theme for this year. It's a family reunion. I think that, that goes to exactly what Valerie was saying. Yes. <clears throat> um, as she mentioned, um, if you decide to come out and you're in a religiously devout family, and as you said, in Utah, most of those are representing LDS families. Um, Many times parents and family members feel like they're supposed to reject their children, and it causes problems, and so, um, and a lot of pain. And so family reunion kind of represents one of the, you know, it's it's an icon. A lot of Mormon families have a family reunion, and if you were gay and you had your family reunion, there would be a lot of questions or transgender. Do you, um, do you get to come to your family reunion as your authentic self? Do you get to bring your partner? Um, what about, you know, kids? And, and is your uncle or your aunt or a cousin going to welcome you or not? And that's why we chose that theme. Um, it's something that, as active LDS people, fits with the doctrine, you are we're to love each other, and it starts in the family and in the home. And mm. we wanted the, our our uh, our contingent in the parade to represent something else that LDS families could do. Durbert, I want to follow up on that. Um, I wonder if there's is there any worry among members of your group? Do you have this worry that that um, you know, the LDS Church has a, a firm policy on this, firm doctrine? okay to be gay if I'm articulating this right, but you can't practice. Um, and, of course, that's not okay to some uh, LGBT people. And uh, and so then but then if uh, you make the, the choice to leave the church or you're expelled, uh, then you have this problem of uh, not only were you expelled from the church, but from maybe your family or from your, from your community. But uh, speaking as a member of Mormons Building Bridges, do you worry about uh, being coming as an active LDS member disconnected too much from official church policy? No. In fact, I think that much of what we are doing with Mormons Building Bridges is right in line with official church policy. It's been interesting to become more acquainted with church policy on this topic and see how that differs so much differently than even uh, doctrine and then tradition. And then even further down, that tradition is just dispelled and deviated even more ward by ward. And so some families, some congregations are very accepting and some are not. And so I think this is a wonderful thing to do. Um, uh, you know, we, if, if people leave the church of their own accord, that's, that's one thing. And that's, of course, sad to me, but I hope, I hope they find happiness in whatever path they take. The real tragedy is when we, as Latter-day Saints and active Latter-day Saints proclaiming to love Christ push these people away and that's just unacceptable and when and when families feel like they're in a position somehow that they have to choose between their child or their church we have just really messed up on the message there and you know we've just got to be honest enough to say okay 
we have blown it and we've blown it big time if that is the message that's getting out there. And so our correction to that has to be as loud as our mistakes. In the last community conversations last month, we had quite a few moms of, of gay children and, and one of one of them, actually quite a few of them, just said, you know, I just want my child to be happy. It's just that simple. I want my child to be happy. And some of them see that as being in line with the church doctrine of of following uh, what what is laid out as far as our doctrine goes. And some want more than that. They want their children to be married. And, and they... You know, the, 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 their mom hearts are speaking authentically, and so I, I don't, I, I can't do anything about that except for just also want their children to be happy and do what I can to be nice mm-hmm. and to encourage others to be nice. Yeah. Curtis Penfield, I, I wonder a similar question to you: Do you do you worry about a disconnect, and and do you do you feel like that uh, is that your goal beyond? Equality in marriage of your group, uh, more acceptance, more outreach? Um, We, right now, are more of a political group. So we focus a lot on trying to educate uh, church leaders and political leaders and church members the importance of full equality, the importance of non-discrimination, and the importance of allowing for um, homosexual couples to marry. Um, But we also uh, are trying to give a voice to people who feel the same way we do, so if it's if it's outreach, um, it's more of outreach to the community, the Mormon community that feels that gay marriage is important, that feels that non discrimination act is important. We're trying to give a voice to those people um, so that they can unite and they can say, "Hey, we're here." Um, so our our goal is a little bit di- distinct from Mormon building bridges in that sense. Mm-hmm. We're going to take another brief break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask uh, about um, official outreach. Uh, website, I think it went up in December from the LDS Church called Mormons and Gays. We had a program on it, in fact, uh, talked to, to several gay members of the LDS Church. Uh, they, I think, uh, to a person, were, were encouraged by this, and now we're several months on, and I want to ask this panel what, what you think of official outreach. Uh, we're going to be asking that question when we come back. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us on our Facebook page as well, and uh, that is Utah Public Radio, of course. Uh, and uh, you can tweet us and uh, just use hashtag um, Access Utah or hashtag Utah Public Radio, excuse me. Uh, and so the number is 1-800-826-1495, upraxcess at gmail.com. Another 10 or 15 minutes left in this conversation. We'd love to get your reaction to Mormons marching in the Pride Parade outreach by some members of the LDS Church, and uh, on other side of the issue, 1-800-826-1495. Back after a break. Waste not. Install a rain sensor on your irrigation controller so your system won't run when it's raining. Also, install water-wise fixtures and appliances. Waste Not is made possible by the Logan City Public Works Water Conservation Department. Information at loganutah.org slash publicworks. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll set sail for Martinique, Aruba, Haiti, Trinidad, and Jamaica. Oh, I like it, you have a 
I'm Rosalie Howarth. Climb aboard as we go island hopping in the Caribbean on the next Putumayo World Music Hour. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and we're talking about uh, active LDS members um, uh, marching in the Pride Parade. Uh, it happened last year, even more numbers, some 350 uh, more expected this year. And we're getting reaction from Dory Burt and Corey Howard from Mormons Building Bridges, uh, Curtis Penfold from Mormons for Equality, and Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center. We'd love to have your reaction as well at 1-800-826-1495. Perhaps uh, your active LDS what is the feeling in your ward or branch? Um, perhaps you've left the church or, or were expelled. Uh, what has been your experience, and, uh, and where do you see things going? Uh, where does the outreach uh, lead us? 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. You can join us on our Facebook page, Utah Public Radio, and uh, you can tweet us as well. Use the hashtag Axis Utah. Um, I want to read this from uh, a new website. Uh, th- this is a page on the uh, LDS.org. Well, it's actually a separate website, mormonsandgays.org. This went up, I think, in November or December. So this is official LDS church reaction, and this is uh, just a quote from, from that. Few topics are as emotionally charged to require more sensitivity than same-sex attraction. This complex matter touches on the things that we care mo- about most, our basic humanity, our relationship to family, our identity and potential as children of God, and how we treat each other, what it means to be disciples of Christ. And then they go on to state the, their policy, the LDS Church. The experience of same-sex attraction is a complex reality for many people. The attraction itself is not a sin, but acting on it is. Even though individuals do not choose to have such attractions, they do choose how to respond to them. With love and understanding, the Church reaches out to all God's children, including our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters. Then there's collective conversations, uh, uh, including um, conversations with the members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, um, leading counsel of the Church, Elder Dallin H. Oaks, Elder D. Todd Christopherson. Uh, Valerie Larrabee, I wonder what uh, your general reaction is to, to this, this outreach, this new website from the LDS Church? Um, that's an interesting um, question because there's a couple different answers uh, uh, for me in that. Um, and, you know, we talked before about uh, how uh, language really can um, uh, kind of separate communities. Mm-hmm. Um, when this website first came out, um, I got a sneak peek at it before it w- went public, um, and um, I think that uh, because of the intended audience, uh, which is LDS Church members, I think that it's for sure a step in the right direction uh, in um, taking the conversation from uh, where I would say, you know, people that don't live in Salt Lake City uh, or and live in rural Utah, if they were looking at this website, would be able to um, uh, grasp the content of it and come along the path in a very comfortable way. So it's not a riveting change from what they very likely have in their mind. Um, There are some parts of the website that still uh, were of concern to me, particularly um, some of the language and um, creating some hope for young people who um, don't stay with the church and uh, how families deal with that particular issue. 
Mm. Um, on the other side of it, um, I was uh, fairly criticized by um, people in the community here in uh, Utah, many of whom were um, the population that we spoke of earlier, people that haven't healed or healed the wounds that they've uh, had um, with the church. And so um, it appeared to them that I was um, saying that this was the be-all, end-all for the church and that I was endorsing um, the uh, incremental approach that the church was taking, uh, which um, this website wasn't intended for gays in our community. It was intended for the church, and for that I'm very thankful. So do you do you see this as an incremental approach by the church and that there will be further movement from the church? You know, I uh, I don't have that type of insight. My hope is that certainly um there's much uh plainer language that is um able to be disseminated to particularly lay leaders uh who are often front and center when family issues come up. Um, the, the issues that families deal with um, typically uh, aren't uh, going to be solved by, uh, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone, uh, aren't going to be solved by looking in the, in the Bible or the Book of Mormon. Um, these are issues of the heart, and if family members can pause and put all of those other things to the side and uh, relate to their family members through the eyes of love, um, I think that that's where uh, we're going to see a tremendous amount of movement. Curtis Penfold, I wonder if we turn to you, to you next on, on this, to picking up the, the thread of that conversation. Uh, Valerie Larrabee says that these are matters of the heart, and perhaps let's not appeal so much to the Bible of Book of Mormon, but if you're sitting in your LDS congregation, you're you're going to be, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be looking yeah. at the Bible and Book of Mormon. Um, and I wonder... First of all, your your reaction to the church's website, and and then what's maybe happening in congregations that you worship in. Um, my reaction to the website, uh, I am obviously uh, I'm, I'm a straight male, so I feel like I'm not qualified to speak for um, anybody but myself uh, because I'm not truly affected by this issue directly. Uh, I think it was a step in the right direction personally. Um, you know, it's it's better than shock treatment at BYU. So I do view it as a step in the right direction. Um, but I definitely think we have a ways to go personally. Um, and I also think it hasn't been communicated well to the rest of the LDS community. I've heard stories of bishops um, that continue to um, cause troubles with gay rights activists and uh, as well with LGBT people. And so I feel like this hasn't been communicated clearly to the bishops yet. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just my impression. Um, and um, I hope to see further changes in the future. We're talking with Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center, Dory Burt and Corey Howard from Mormons Building Bridges, and Curtis Penfold from Mormons for Equality. 
have about uh, five or six minutes left in this conversation. You're welcome to join it at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Next question to Corey Howard. As uh, as you said in your congregation, I imagine there are viewpoints all over the, the map, but I would guess in a, in a typical LDS ward, um, you'd still have a majority who are sort of resistant to, to, to some of these things. Well, actually, um, I have actually, my bishop is uh, 100% aware of my involvement with Mormons Building Bridges and, <clears throat> and, LG- excuse me, and LGBT activities in, uh, because one of the things that we've been trying to do is spread the Family Acceptance Project materials to the uh, church leaders, and um, I had an interview with my bishop and presented the material to him, and he he is actually uh, very receptive, having gay friends of his own, and so I haven't really received any pushback in my ward on occasion um, when it comes up, like, what, do you, what did you do this weekend? I will try to um, open the door to conversations about activities. I will agree that I think the website needs be more um, more publicized in the church. Mm. I think there needs to be. I'm hoping that they are working on materials to back up the website to to uh, disseminate it within congregations. I, I would like that to happen a little faster mm-hmm. myself. Dory Bird, do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, I I think there are still also what like what Curtis Curtis said. Uh, have heard many stories of of leaders who are kind of unaware that this website even exists, and so it's that needs to get out more. And I agree with Valerie as well that it's it really is it's for the church members. It's for you know probably many different uses, but I I can see um, people going to it and maybe having just a wonderful reaction in that they knew that the things maybe the unkind things they had been hearing in their congregation not official but unkind member things just didn't quite mesh with 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 what they knew in their heart and then they go to this website and they hear they i mean they read our church leaders saying you know no one should be more compassionate and kind Church members need to be at the forefront in loving and accepting our our gay members, our gay our gay brothers and sisters, not just members of the church. And I can just see people looking, reading those words, and going, "Ah, yes, I knew it. I knew the conflict I had before was was wrong. This this is right." And so for that, it's wonderful. But it does need to be get it needs to get out more. And it's it is wonderful because it gives members of the church, a powerful tool when conversations start going awry to quote our church leaders in an authoritative and an official stance, not just say, I, Dory, don't think that's right. I don't think we should be throwing our kids out, but I can say, you know, this is wrong and you're, you know, this is why, this is what my church leaders say, and this is what science says. So it's a very powerful it it can go from here. There's growth, but it's it's a wonderful thing. And as we reach near the end of the program, I want to bring this full circle again. Valerie Larrabee, uh, just generally, what do you see happening on, on Sunday with the uh, Pride Parade? 
I see a very, very diverse uh, community of people coming together um, with friends and family and with uh, people they haven't met yet celebrating the um, Gina. Community, the LGBT community, uh, celebrating the love that has been built uh, and rebuilt in relationships, and also paving the way forward for more uh uh, loving conversations. Uh, let's go next to Curtis Penfold. Uh, uh, what do you uh, see? Happen? Are you going to be there at the, the parade? Yes, I'll be at the parade. Uh, and what what do you hope uh, happens uh, because of uh, the LDS Church members' involvement in the parade? Um, I I hope a few things happen. Obviously, with Mormons for Equality, our main goal is that other Mormons know um, that that there are that we're out here that. That there are Mormons that agree with gay marriage, there are Mormons that agree with non-discrimination acts. Um, my hope is that they'll be able to find a voice, um, these members, um, and they'll see that it's okay. You know, many of us are uh, have hold temple recommends, and that it's okay to be Mormon and to support gay marriage. And so that's that's my goal with with our group. Um, that that will be able to happen. All right. Uh, and next to Corey Howard, we'll ask you and, uh, and Dory to be uh, brief. We're running out of time. Corey Howard, what what are you hoping to, to see at the parade? Oh, I'm, I'm just hoping to see, personally, I'm hoping to see a lot of the people that I've met with PFLAG and um, <clears throat> other, with Pride and other activities, and just a chance that we can all show that we're working together and we've made friends and that, you know, we like each other and it's a festival. It should be fun. D- Dory Burt. Um, I know that there are people within our contingency family units that are being reunited and who have never walked before, who have maybe this is their first time being a, a straight person and a gay person in the family. They're going to be walking together. I'm thrilled to see that, to know that's happening. And just looking forward to all the events. They start tonight, interfaith service, and there is something every day. So I just want to invite anybody who would like to come to come with any group you like, but we would love to have you at Mormons Building Bridges. We're group number 66. Wear comfy kicks with group 66. <laughs> You're going to get sunburned and sore feet. And the, the parade's happening uh, on Sunday. Of course, the uh, activities, uh, as Dory Bird said, uh, start tonight and go, go through the weekend. We've been talking with Valor- Valerie Larrabee, Executive Director of Utah Pride Center. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, Dory Burt, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Corey Howard, thank you. Thank you. Uh, they're both from Mormons Building Bridges. Curtis Penfold, thank you. Thank you. From Mormons for Equality. And uh, thank you for listening to Access Utah. Stay tuned. Brian Earle with the Zesty Garden is coming up top of the uh, hour. And uh, for producers uh, Haley Housley and uh, Addison Pace, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. Utah writer Gina Wickwar. I've been doing a lot of thinking ever since the mid-April Boston Marathon bombing. At present, we hear the investigations are coming along, and that sooner rather than later, the police will have untangled the web surrounding the circumstances that propelled two young men onto a path of death. But the bombing itself isn't exactly what I've been pondering. What has had me thoughtful of late was the immediate response of the Tsarnaev's parents. Both vehemently denied their sons could have carried out such horrendous acts of terror. Even more puzzling was the mother's insistence that not only were her sons innocent, but the whole thing was a setup. Her sons had been framed by the Boston police, who then maliciously killed the elder one, Tamerlan. Extreme denial? 
of course, but it seems to be a very common, if totally wrong, parenting technique. Remain friends with your kids no matter what. Don't confront them with the bad things they've done lest their self-esteem suffer, or worse, you appear to have lost control as a parent. It happens all the time. Parents unable to believe their little darlings can do anything wrong, even when faced with the most basic of facts— iPhone pictures, camcorders, eyewitness accounts, and on and on. My husband and I first witnessed this phenomenon years ago when our family lived for two years in the Washington, D.C. suburb of McLean, Virginia. Our home was located on a quiet, leafy street of more or less upscale townhouses owned or rented by the usual gamut of federal apparatchiks. The nearby schools were excellent, the drive into the capital horrific but doable, and the folks friendly. In other words, an all-around nice place to live. In keeping with the colonial architecture of the neighborhood, a glass gas lamp stood in front of each townhouse, turned on and off automatically when the sun set or rose. Sometime during the late fall, as darkness fell earlier and earlier, people noticed the occasional gas lamp cover was being smashed. Most of us suspected vandalism, but agreed it had to be a roving gang of kids from another neighborhood that was responsible. And though we ranted and raved and the neighborhood association went broke coughing up money to repair the lamps, the vandalism continued. Finally, a neighbor decided to stay up all night to watch and catch the miscreants in the act. He spent several nights on duty, and sure enough, he finally fingered the culprits. Turns out they were three neighborhood boys who'd been sneaking out at night and wreaking gas lamp havoc. He snapped their pictures, developed them, and confronted their parents with the evidence. Did the parents call in the miscreants, demand to know what the heck they were thinking, and sentence them to hard labor, or at least ground them for two weeks? Not on your life. Sadly, all six parents became instantly hostile, and two of them, lawyers, threatened to sue the neighbor if he showed the photo around the neighborhood. The association members met, deliberated, and then offered the parents a choice. If they weren't going to punish the boys, would they at least make them reimburse the association for the cost of replacing the glass? The parents refused, essentially saying, boys will be boys, and that was it. No one had the heart to take it to court, so the matter ended. Unfortunately, when parents refuse to believe ill of their kids, they teach the kids a big lesson. We have your back. No matter how badly you've behaved or no matter what you've done, we'll stand by you even if, as with the Tarnayevs, it meant you killed and maimed countless innocents. Not a good parenting technique. Not now, not ever. This is Gina Wickwar. Waste not. Leaking toilets are the number one cause for high water bills. You can place a few drops of food coloring into your tank to check for leaks. If the food coloring appears in the bowl without flushing, you have a small leak. Waste not is made possible by the Logan City Public Works Water Conservation Department. Information at loganutah.org slash publicworks. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1 88.7 Moab, and KUSU FM HD1 91.5 Logan. Thank you.